Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brooks Radio. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I am joined by Miss Mary Almonte. What's going on? Hey, another day. Another day. <laughs> How in the hell did you get your hair braided during quarantine? That's all I want to know. People want to know. So, all right, I'm about to get dragged for this, but I got to be real. And one of my homegirls, two braids, came to my house and did it. But, like, I was looking like buckwheat, y'all. Like, I really needed some help. So, <laughs> so I had to break down. That's we had masks on <laughs> well, there you go there you go i had to, i just had to ask but we're also joined by my brother mr baylor the great baylor you too man how the hell do you not have a quarantine beard at this point bro you- oh look well see i never i never you know i was never growing my beard in but i'm trying it too <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that growing as you can see i'm joining the party oh yeah i see that mm-hmm. my barber called me and he said you want to uh want to schedule something i said no i'm a I'm gonna ride this out with the rest of the fellas. <laughs> I'm gonna go full on caveman. Let's knock this shit out. I'm gonna see how I'm gonna see how much hair I can grow. There you go. There you have it. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. We are here this week to discuss the news and topics and music from the culture. So the first thing that we got is all the ball boys brothers have left. Apparently their father and is going to sign with Rock Nation Sports. Um, the first thing is that it looks like Jay-Z is going to be uh, doing new shoe deals for all of them or his people. Probably doubt it's going to be Jay-Z one-on-one with them. But what do you guys think about this, especially how high profile their dad was uh, at the start of all their careers? Hey, you got to start with him. So you got to salute him. Because without him, literally, I, I didn't see some of them backyard workouts. Without him, they don't get to that point. So um, I want to say this was, this was even part of the plan, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how they move. Yeah, so I, I like it. I like it. You know what I mean? Especially for them to bring on, <laughs> for them to bring on the third one, you know, because we already knew, very knew Leangelo was like the odd one out, but that that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. And, you know, um, you know, Pops, his, his, his dream or his, yeah, basically his dream is damn near almost coming true. You know, he got one in, he got one in the league already, technically two, but mm-hmm. one is with a G League team and then one is about to get drafted. So if they end up on the same team somehow, Yo, I just need the lottery numbers from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's good that you pointed out, too, that he does work with them. I think some like his personality kind of overshadowed things. He got annoying for everyone, and I think that that does overshadow the fact that he worked with the Suns and got three Suns in professional leagues, and that, shit, that cannot be um, denied at all. Even if uh, uh, Leangelo does not make an uh, NBA team, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But, Mary, what do you think? I think I I have a lot of respect, and I don't know if we talked about this in the past, but for Rock Nation um, as an organization, mm-hmm. and so I think I support it. I think it's a smart move, and hopefully they get the pops to stay quiet, <laughs> and then it'll be really great. So yeah, yeah, I I yeah, I mean, you know, Rock Nation is just continually doing their thing and growing as a as a business as a platform and just the people that he's been able to work with so far has really been 
I would say it's surprising, but that's kind of not the right word because it's Jay-Z. You think he can get a meeting with anyone, but what they're growing on the sports side of things is going to be a force to be reckoned with in a few years if they keep doing shit like this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. All right, so let's move on. We got Last year, we did get a new album from Nas, and he has confirmed that he has an album coming out with Hit Boy and then another secret project coming out. Two projects from Nas potentially on the horizon. Do you think that, A, it's something the culture wants, uh, and then what's your expectations for it overall? Mary, I'll come to you first. So, so, okay, you may recall that when Nas dropped that last album, I was scared because I was like, you know, I love him and I like his legacy to remain intact. But he did deliver with it, to me, anyway. I think we might have had some mixed reviews, but I was pleasantly surprised and I was definitely bracing myself for the worst with that. So, with that said, though, lightning doesn't usually strike in the same place twice. <laughs> so I don't know. Unless he's going to do what he what we think he did with that last album, and that was basically take some stuff out of the crates and, and release it with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm always here for anything Nas does. I'll say that. So um, I'm waiting to see. Yeah, Baylor? You know the criticism with... Uh... What Nas has always been his production, so I guess we just wait and see what that's gonna be like. Um, lyrically, you don't. I don't think you could. I don't think you could lose a step if you're if you're if you're considered one of the greatest of all time lyrically. I don't think you can really lose a step. The only thing that you can really do to temper your legacy is to continue to make somewhat classic albums with subpar production you know what i mean at this point at this point listening to Nas is like listening to a lecture without the well you know without dope production so the the younger generation may not be looking for it but you know the older crowd will always be open arms to our heroes i guess you know in a way for sure I think I uh, I mean it's all about your expectations with the Nas album. We we kind of as Nas fans, we would know what to expect. Um and that's just solid music to listen to and a message more than likely. Um I wouldn't even mind it if it was another dust off the crate situation, but overall like as someone who does enjoy the the music and the message behind Nas's music and his lyricism, sign me up. I'm I'm never going to say I'm not ready for a, another Nas album, but it's just, it's, just, it's not going to have the impact. Like if if you're going into it expecting any type of impact in the culture, more than n- 9 times out of 10 there's not going to be it anymore from Nas, but it's going to be a great listen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So something that we touched on last week, um Diddy even more so saying that the battle between him and Dre is in the works. Uh, it didn't get any in what I read at least it didn't mention pay-per-view again this time so maybe he's back down on that some I don't know but uh I know we like I said we briefly touched on the next week like do you think this battle is going to happen is this more lip service from Diddy what do you guys think shit I hope you're not trying to do it for attention because <laughs> I mean uh, when I hear Dre say something I'll believe it yeah yeah I think a lot of people I, got hyped up to see it because they, they seen Dre on the phone with Teddy so they pretty much got amped off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this though, I mean, not not to not to be a homer, but I don't think I don't think anybody. I definitely would pick uh, Diddy to go up against Dre. I don't think anybody stands a chance, but I definitely don't think it's him. Mm. You think about that? I'm man. talking about well, first round exit. I think that if we're talking about matching hits which is what I think Swiss and Timberland are looking for. I think he's the only person, honestly, who else has as many hits as Dre does. 
I would I would consider. I'm not saying that Diddy's better. I'm just saying in terms of being able to go to have a response. I feel that. <laughs> right. I, I would I would consider someone like maybe a Kanye or Pharrell. Uh Diddy, I mean, don't get me wrong, Diddy is up mm-hmm. there, but I can see Diddy dying out before halftime. Mm, I didn't think of Pharrell. Kanye to me is a later era, so I don't necessarily think it's a good matchup. Like at least Diddy and Dre were doing shit at the same time. Like, um, which I felt like Babyface and and Teddy Riley were a good matchup because it was like they were playing songs that were competing with each other at the time that they dropped. Pharrell might be one. You might have something there. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing that. That's that's when Bailey, you just you always do this shit. You throw out some shit that I didn't expect to know how to really respond to. But uh, uh, Dre versus Pharrell, sign me up for that all day long. I mean, but if you if you really think about it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. It's not about to me. I get it. You know, they both came out, or they both were popping at the same time. But if you really think about all of the producers that we talk about, we all listen to their music. Yeah. So if we talk yeah. about hit for hit. It whether it came out in '92 or 2020 is it's, it's going to have some type of legit battle there. Yeah. I but, just don't uh, think. I, I just don't think, think when it comes to Diddy. You're right. Comes, you're right. What? Go ahead, Mary. I feel like, yeah, no, I was saying that you're totally right, but I do think that with Diddy and Bray, you're sort of reenacting the East Coast, West Coast bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, but no that, one but else that's did. the thing, though. Creatively, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they, if they was to battle each other, they going to dance around that. It was too much disrespect in that beef. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could, I could, I can even see, I can even see Dre kind of like, you know, might not even play any type of pop song. You know, True. he might True. stay, he might stay away from pop. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, when it comes, when it comes to that, that's what I'm saying. That might help Diddy in a way. You know, he, we probably won't get a California love. You know, <laughs> because... yeah, and you know, not for nothing. I definitely don't see them rec- exchanging little cute stories like Babyface and Teddy Riley oh, no. were doing in yeah. between. There's nothing cute like, about it. It's I remember about when it. you did that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I would like to see Pharrell and Ye. Ooh, actually. yeah. Actually. Yeah, I'd like to see that one. That would be crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know who would win. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I like Pharrell better as a person, but <laughs> but that doesn't <laughs> I matter. I feel like that's going to be legit comedy, though, especially yeah. on Kanye part. I think it's going to be a little bit of weirdness that come out. I feel that. I feel that. I, I could that. see Kanye being babyface with a little shade <laughs> being thrown and you know. What do you guys think of the the battle that's up next? And it's what three six mafia versus Bone Thugs and Harmony. Don't even talk to us, please. I'm just bringing it up because it's the next we battle. Ain't nobody rooting for Bone Thugs but you. No, oh no, what? I'm not root- oh, against three six mafia. Never, never. You never have to worry about that. All right. Yeah, but no, you've impressed no- me because. I- when I saw that, I thought of you, and I was like, mm, "Oh, he's gonna no. be <laughs> no way in hell, no way in hell will I ever pick he's Bone." Be th- at the nah, Bone Thugs and Harmony over Three Six Mafia. No, you wouldn't. That's just that. That's that's a travesty if anybody picks that. Like, I does Bone Thugs and Harmony like like you said because these battles seem to be like hit for hit for hit. 
like you're talking I, about hits. I I might be in that in that category with the uh with the trap the travesty because I'm picking Bone Thugs. You picking Bone Thugs hit for hit over three six mafia? Does Bone yeah, Does Bone hit, Thugs yeah. even have over five hits? That that's what I'm worried about. Where, where this is gonna go? Three six mafia. Easily, I can think of twelve three six mafia songs. I, I but the, uh, but it's not only the three six mafia. They have dances that go with them. There you go too. But go ahead, Baylor. Is it personal? Is it personal favorites or is it every? Is it favorites that everybody knows? Because we already know they got about like they got a solid five that I can think out of that I can think off the top of my head. Bone Thugs got five, legit five, <laughs> and they gonna end it with Slob on my knob. We already know. No, they gotta end it with tear the club up, right? Okay, well we'll see. However, they line it up. But you you think niggas is not gonna pick first of the month? I, over I, I feel three? like it's unfair a little bit. Definitely. I mean that that round will win. They'll win, but whenever they drop first of the month, they'll win that round. Okay. Actually, first of the month, the crossroads. Those two. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Win. That's like what. And, and technically, can't they? Can't they drop? Uh, they can drop both big and pop tracks, can't they? Right. Yeah. I was gonna say. True. All right. Uh, you keep, hey, you keep disrespecting my boys there. Like they ain't got no heat. <laughs> like they ain't got no heat. I mean, there. they have heat, but I feel like they're not such an even matchup with three six mafia. Uh, but. Okay. Swiss, Tim, y'all need to pay us. We hyping the fuck out of this battle right now. This is like a tier battle. We need to get paid for this because now I'm out. Now you got my blood flowing. I want to see this shit down. Bro, man, uh, Baylor, I, I'm gonna let you down that horse, bro. I'm not. I can't. I can't back you on this one, man. I, I got three six mafia, a clean, a clean sweep. It's gonna be easy. Oh, that's that's it's highly disrespectful. Easy. I <laughs> but we are going to get into our first break when we come back we're going to get into all the new music that has dropped since the last time we had an episode we'll be right back after this hey guys it's your girl back easy hi everybody it's your girl joanne hey guys it's trell and this is the, the team. team and we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from abcs of sex to finding your passion Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're back from our first break. And so we got some new music to talk about, but it's not didn't make our list because Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion decided to like completely blow up the topic list that I made by dropping this damn track. But we got to talk about it. Savage Remix, Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce, Queen Beyonce. What do you guys uh, think about the track when you got to hear it? Like, what was your initial reaction? I honestly, when I saw that they dropped the track together, I was like, this this didn't happen for real. Like, this, somebody's trolling, but the track is fire. Mary, what do you think? I love, this is like the most exciting thing to happen probably since this whole uh-huh. damn quarantine. She completely redoes the song. Like, she dropped beats and, and layers and she did a lot to that. I mean, not only did she drop bars and basically prove that she really does have a burner account somewhere talking about demon time. Like, how you know about that, girl? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I felt like it was great. And even Megan Thee Stallion's reworked verses were fire, too. Like, it was really, it was what we would want and need from them. So I was, I'm really happy about it. Bailey? Well, I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure those lyrics will go straight to TikTok and there will be 50 million videos made within the next, I don't know, a couple of hours. 
Oh yeah, for sure. It's, that's gonna be the new TikTok yeah. thing for sure. I I have no doubts about that. That's just gonna be all over TikTok. It's just I don't the first like I don't know how the hell they linked up. How nobody knew that this was coming or anything, and then they just randomly dropped it. And if this like <laughs> we're in the middle of a fucking COVID nineteen and everything, but if this didn't completely take everyone's mind off of it for at least the first four hours after it dropped, like I like what it did for people, man. And uh, the song is. You're going to hear it on the radio all the goddamn time. That's for damn sure. This isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. anytime soon. This is going to be on the radio for the rest of the summer, for sure. Pretty much. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And right. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I, you can't be mad at it. You can, this is just good for the culture. Now, the one thing with Beyonce, I will say that usually when she starts popping back up musically, it means that an album is coming. Is a Beyonce album coming before the end of this year? Mm, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, let's hope. I, 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 I think so. I think it's going to be albums. It's going to randomly drop again, and everybody's going to go crazy over it, and it's going to break the internet. But let's uh, let's move into our, our topics that we got. So first, the actual album that dropped, John Connor, who I'm a huge John Connor fan, who actually just got released from Aftermath not too long ago. He couldn't release music. Drops a new album called S.O.S., if you guys got a chance to listen to it, if you did, what's your thoughts? Baylor, I know me and you talked about it a little bit on Twitter. Anyone who wants to go first on this one? Yo, it wasn't uh, it was very pedestrian. <laughs> it, it was it was like uh I found a couple of tracks on there. It's a track called Black. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. the other track was called uh those were solid, but overall it was like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really do nothing for me. Not not too much. Yeah. You didn't know who John Connor was? <laughs> I didn't. Wow. And uh, so this is my intro. It's not a good <laughs> Unless one. Unless maybe he did not- something else that I didn't know it was him. Um, it sounded like movie soundtrack music, if that makes sense. That's fair. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, like all right. I mean, like, I didn't hate it, but it was not necessarily, you know, great. <laughs> See, and I, the first time when I listened to it, I don't know if it's because it was unexpected or whatnot. He dropped bars on this album, and I was so caught up in that. I think the standout track for me is The Code. The Code is the one that stands out to me as one of my favorite tracks on this album. But um, overall, as, like a, as a total package and album, it's cool. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, I think he wanted to get something out because it had been so long since he released a project. I think it's been four years since he released something. He's just sitting on aftermath that whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good to get something out. But now, you know, hopefully he gets to work with some more people. He take more time. And I understand coming from that. Standpoint. What do you guys think is the issue with aftermath not just signing these artists? And not being like they had Joel Ortiz first. I can't remember like so many people who've been on Aftermath that have just a project just never came out. What's going on over there? Because you know we talked about Dre before. Dre has a lot of respect in this game. You would think he wouldn't have an issue getting his artists to release an album, especially with nowadays with streaming. But people sign to Aftermath and just nothing comes of it. I couldn't tell you. Clearly, maybe, I mean, they have some I, internal issues. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Either that. Maybe I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I would say I would say maybe they they have creative control and. I don't, and don't know how to put it out or I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's like Eve was on Aftermath at one point, like after she left. But Buster and M have to be the only people who actually have been on Aftermath that have dropped albums consistently in the 2000s. Like Buster's not on Aftermath anymore, but like, I don't know, man. Like, there's so many solid artists have been through Aftermath, and just Raekwon was signed to Aftermath at one point and didn't come out with something. Like, what the fuck is going on over there? I don't know. I mean, unless they, to unless, tweet them. unless they was <laughs> unless they was signed as a, a outside of a, being an artist, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, you know, maybe don't really know their position, or I I couldn't understand it. I would know. All right. Well, I know. I know. I know. John Connor didn't get none of them Dre beats. <laughs> none of them. Like, and that's the, and like when he signed the aftermath. Like, did they dropped this whole song, and Dre did the beat for him on that one, and they had like this whole presentation. And then it's just like nothing. But, you know, I mean, it's what you come to expect. Nowadays, if anyone announces they signed Aftermath, you kind of just got to expect ain't shit coming. There's not an album coming. It's just it's just a press run and ain't nothing coming. Um, <laughs> the next thing that we got on the list, we got an unreleased Biggie verse. Now, this is rare. I we Since Biggie passed away, we've only had a handful of unreleased verses from him. Um, this hasn't been like a pock where we just for like – the first eight years after you passed away, we were just getting a whole new album. So uh, have you guys got a chance to listen to the verse? What did you guys think about it? I'll, I'll start off just on this one first. Um, it was cool. I think I can see why it was unreleased and they didn't know what to do with it. But, I mean, it's good to hear Biggie's voice. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's good to hear his voice. It's good to hear him rapping. It's good to hear um, something new from him that I hadn't heard before. But outside of that, it was just, it was cool. It was typical big. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like anything out of the norm or anything extraordinary. And what I think I read was that the second verse to that was dead, was what was on Dead Wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that yeah. makes sense. It felt like a piece of that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be nice to have Big back yeah. <laughs> himself. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was listening to the uh, I was listening to it, and the first verse was cool, and then the second verse came on. I'm like, yo, this shit sound familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I was like, it's two different energies, and I'm like, yeah, this shit don't go together. Like, but and the the production, I love that track. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first the first verse with that production was dope. Of course, we would all love Big back, love to hear his voice again. Um, he would he would slay right now. Can you, I can't believe I just used that word, but he would kill yeah. this air right now. You know what I mean? Because like he's so. Got to you. Yeah, they, they get to me sometimes. I might not like it, but she's still cute. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but he he yeah, that's one that's one voice that that we need in the rap game right now, man. To tell you the truth. And, and if if he was around during social media, he Ooh. would him and Pac would have been so entertaining, like yeah. for real. Yeah. Especially yeah, I, I personally believe they would have squashed it, they would have been cool again. Mm-hmm. But I do think they would have took separate routes as far as being um like I think I think I think Pac probably went more the political route. And I think Big would have mm-hmm. been I think Big would have been like I think he would have been on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he would have been in these TV shows black as fuck or something like that. I think he would have became somewhat like somewhat like Method Man. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and I think he would have been a killer. Per- I, I could. I, I think he would have been a killer personality on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. 
And I, and I think and IG. Can you imagine what his stories would be like? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like in bed breathing mad hard like he used to do. <laughs> hey, have you ever have you ever thought about this? If we would have still had Big, do you think Lil Kim life would have changed? Oh, for sure. Damn, I don't know. I think I think he had a he had a way of pushing her musically that no one has had since she's left like and she's made great music after even after he was gone but i think if he would still be around we would have saw beast mode kim for a lot longer and mm-hmm. a lot more sustained and folk more focused albums from kim but not but not yeah. even music i'm not even talking about music i'm talking about little kim the one that we grew up seeing oh you mean like, visually together or something no not even that. Felt like just the he... fact that just the fact that when you when sometimes like they say when you cut the head off the body dies mm-hmm. you right and we already knew that he was the face of yeah not just new york but of yeah. what he built and she was a part of it and i think her confidence would have got would have been maintained if he was still alive because the little kid that we have today is not the little kid that we had yesterday you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Um, it is a good point. Yeah, and I, and I I think Big overall would have excelled right now because what like people love having music that makes you feel good that makes you like Big would have killed the challenges like he would he would have had so many challenges based off his his music and songs especially when he was in his mood of making people dance so yeah uh, Big is missed man Big is really missed. Yeah. All right, our last new song, new music that we got uh, to discuss on this episode is a new track from Reason. And Bailey, I think me and you just talked about him last week, uh, like where he ranks and saying that we think he's going to be probably the second best to come out of TDE when it's all said and done. So he has a new track, Might Not Make It. What do you think of the track? You saw the video? I have not. I didn't even know there was a video, bro. The video, the the video, well, unless a fan made it, they made it to like, it was just, it went, perfectly with the track okay so when you watch the video uh when you watch the video and it goes all together it makes it even better but it's dope it started off a little weird mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm like i ain't got time for this 666 shit yeah but the way he broke everything down that shit was dope Man. i liked it i have not heard or seen it what <laughs> no i mean we had a lot of music to talk about this week so i, I can understand um this is what i, I mean- wanted Listen, you got the attitude out of me, okay? So. <laughs> Plus, you listened to John Connor for the first time and heard that, so I can't even blame you, man. I'm sorry I put you through that. I wish right? you would have listened to this. Like, I'm not listening to shit else on this topic list, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but Reason Not Too Long Ago dropped Flick It Up, and uh, Baylor, me and you didn't really, I mean, we said it felt like, it felt oddly placed, especially where it came out with, this is the type of release that I expect from Reason, because I, I like, the the con the content in the song but also the beat the way he rapped on it everything like this was not reason seeming like he's searching for a single and reason just making a track that came naturally to him that he wanted to make and this that's why i, I this is what i like about reason as an artist and this is what i like about the, the track overall it just sound it's just good music yeah i mean he probably ruffled a little bit of feathers whoever is sensitive but yeah Overall, it was a dope. It was a dope. I like the video a lot, so I'm gonna have to check the video out. I'm gonna have to check it out. I don't really watch music videos unless they like make some noise, but I have to. I have to check this one out since you, uh, since you co-signed it. All right, we're gonna get into the last break. When we come back, we are going to be discussing "Black as Fuck" 
We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Yo, this your boy Flaw Seven Hundred. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco, and we are the, the podcast, podcast brothers. brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about? Actually, our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh. bit of that. Oh my goodness, no. You like that song? No, not from you. What song is that? I don't know. Who it don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. Well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life real, brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And you if know? you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on the podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate. Makes for good dialogue, and it keeps the interest and the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is there. You dig? Chill. So, in something that's uh, new to us that we don't we don't do a lot of TV. We 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 did what the last season of Power, and we did uh, uh, Wu Tang, the Wu Tang show. Um, but I want to talk about this because like. The reaction to the show has just been all over the place. Like, people didn't like the show. But then, like, people coming out and bashing Rashida Jones and saying that she shouldn't have been playing a mixed person because she doesn't have the typical mixed look that you would look for. They don't want that representation. I did a little bit of ranting on it on my solo podcast, but I really want to talk to you guys about it as well because I just feel like I get I get backlash. I get wanting to see uh, representation in TV, but, like, mixed people don't all look one way so to say that she doesn't look like the typical mixed person and they want to see a mixed person with curly hair and fair skin that isn't that doesn't lean looking into like such a white woman is just ridiculous to me because she is half black and half white what do you guys think about it who wants to take this one first <laughs> no one I, feel wants like to- I got a lot to say <laughs> so i'm gonna go laugh <laughs> go ahead baby um uh yeah it's it's getting bad it's getting ridiculous um <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, I'm sick. Like, why do we hate each other so much, though? <laughs> exactly. This shit is like stupid, man. Like, I, I don't understand it. Uh, it's a beautiful woman. She's playing her part. She's very funny. She's probably like one of the best characters in the show by far. Mm-hmm. Besides, besides, the, besides the kids. And it's like, is his point of view is based <laughs> off of some of his, you know, based off of his life. Exactly. And you know what the sad part is? He said he's not going to do anything else outside of this. And he, as much confidence as he shows on this show, mm-hmm. it shows that like, because he said he like, I read the good comments and I have to read the bad comments. Mm-hmm. And we're going through something right now where my daughters are coming back and telling me that her, her classmates are talking about, you know, are talking about the show in general. So it's like, I, and I think it, it just starts with the title of the show. It starts with the show that he's created to lead up to that show mm-hmm. and, and, and all the way down to the cast. And it's like, just accept it for what it is. Like, cause I don't feel like, I don't feel like a lot of white shows will get this type of backlash. And because it starts with us though, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to see a lot of, or, or maybe we not in the white people households like that, but we don't, it's not public to where they out here in the streets saying, I don't like the way they portray, you know, this character on Ozark. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they not out there bashing it like that. Either you like it or you don't. But then when, we, when they, when we come along with our own project, which he said he's been working so long to get his own project, we're stripping it down piece by piece. Attacking his wife, attacking the kids, attacking the way he acts. They don't like how blunt he is. It's like, bro, get over it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, Mary, we're going to go ahead and serve it up to you because I know you probably have a lot to say about this. I do. Um, I just want to make sure you hear me loud and clear and I'm not chopping up because 
you know, I don't want to get on the soapbox and then <laughs> <laughs> and then have to say it all over again. So here's the deal. All right. So there's a few things, right? Let's unpack this. So first of all, Blackish, I feel like is a great show. It was groundbreaking. There was nothing like it on TV when it came out. Um, and we all did feel like it depicted a black family because Anthony Anderson is, you know, black in terms of complexion, if that's what we're going. And yes, the wife was biracial, but everybody loves Tracy Ellis Ross, including me. So, you know, um, and then the kids were a good array of different complexions as well. So I think everyone kind of led, and then obviously there was Larry Fishburne and Jennifer Lewis, who are, you know, very known black actors. And, you know, there's no ambiguity about their race, like they're black and proud. So I think blackish was a lot more well accepted. And I mean, you touched on this, Baylor, right? Like the title is blackish. Then you enter Black as Fuck, which is basically the same exact show as Blackish, only, first of all, using the term, you know, Black as Fuck, it, when the family isn't necessarily Black as Fuck. I don't know if it was supposed to, I mean, I know this may sound crazy. I don't know if it was supposed to be ironic, but it kind of was. Um, and so I think, number one, why it's getting such backlash, it works in kind of something different from blackish and if anything it was the same exact family dynamic only less black um and don't, don't get me wrong so now i'll get to the biracial part obviously i'm biracial so i have feelings about this um and yes people when i was growing up um you know i was treated badly by everybody like all races i did not feel like i fit in right like my father is white and like redheaded and freckled my mom is alabama black and dark-skinned, like Medea, like, when she speaks. So, you know, when, when either of my parents would come get me from school, people would be like, Mary's adopted. <laughs> like, I don't know who these people are for her. <laughs> and I was often accused of not being Black enough myself. Like, you know, and by everything, by physical features, by the way I spoke, whatever, you want to name it, it, you know. And obviously, we've overcome that. And I've chosen, before I used to always kind of argue, like, I'm biracial and blah, and it's its own experience. But to be honest with you, F all that. Like, I feel like when I enter a room, my Blackness enters with me to people who are not Black. So to me, that just kind of made me as a grown woman identify as black. Like I'm being treated as a, and viewed and perceived as a black person by not black people, even if black people don't want to claim me, if that, as crazy as that may sound. Um, and I feel like, unfortunately, that's what poor Rashida Jones is going through with her <laughs> portrayal of this character. I mean, basically she was living her own truth. Yeah. And I mean, aside from being married to a black man and, you know, yada, yada, but it's like, and she's probably reliving all the bullshit she went through as a kid in real life with these nasty comments and people rejecting the show because she's not black enough. Or meanwhile, it's like they never, they portrayed her to be biracial and she explained her struggle of wanting acceptance by the black community. And then it's so strange that they're doing just what she said she struggled with in the show. It's like weird. Um, I do feel like Baylor said, it's kind of self-hatred at this point um, and we should kind of be over it. But I will say that we didn't freaking need another blackish. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I episodes one to three were kind of trash for me. If I didn't 
have um, like Twitter, I would probably have given up after that. But people were saying how like the Tyler Perry appearance was gold and this and that. So I was like, let me stick it out. And then it did get good. Episodes four through seven were really relatable as like a mother, as a, you know, someone who's married and all that good stuff. And even like the racial stuff for me. Right. But, and then it just ended on such a weird note too. Like it was like, I could see that being the only season anyway. Like, um, I don't know. I just feel like it probably wouldn't have been so badly received aside Uh-oh. from the racial hatred if it didn't follow Blackish. Like if Blackish didn't already, then maybe people would have. That works in like that. <laughs> uh oh. Wow, something fresh and new. But it is like. Mary. Uh, there we go. There you go. You got choppy there for a minute. The the uh, Netflix heard you and tried to shut you down. Oh like, no! It literally was only like the last maybe right? maybe two minutes of what you were saying. We got most of it. Um, but no, that and, really sucked though. The last two minutes were the Oscar with the Emmy ready stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, and I agree with you. I think I think too, like it it being basically a ber- version of Blackish. Where you can curse and be a little bit more vulgar hurt the show a little bit. Uh, you you made a great point saying that if Blackish didn't um, didn't exist, I think this would have gotten a lot better response than what it did. Um, but it's just like self hate is evident, and like people don't like I I brought it up in one time in the conversation. They were like, "There's no such thing as interracial racism." I'm like, "You're fucking crazy if you don't think there's a such thing as interracial racism and colorism." We deal with this shit every single day. Yeah, yeah, you. But you know, this is this is why I really like this show. I don't have a problem with this show because it shows it shows another black family on another level. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear, we didn't get no type of complaints when everybody hates Chris came out. Why? Because you had the typical dad who comes home, works fourteen hour shifts. You got the mom that could, you know, has the attitude, yells a lot, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? But now we're dealing with a family that has everything mm-hmm. that talks a certain way. So there's not it's just there's not one type of black as fuck type of family. There's me, I grew up I grew up on the West Coast. Mary grew up on the East Coast. You grew up Midwest, everywhere. We grew up different. We share the same culture, but we're but, but we're somewhat different. Yeah. So we black as fuck as well, just from different parts of the country or different parts of the nation. Good point. And they and they just they just happen to be in a higher tax bracket that talks a certain way. That doesn't mean that they don't share our culture, our yeah. struggles. For sure. It's the same thing. I don't like that. I like what you what, basically what you're saying is everyone's black as fuck experience is different. And who are you to tell somebody, you know, that their experience is invalid? Kind of like what Tyler Perry was saying, right? Yeah. Like, you got to tell your own story. And it's authentic and true. And, you know, fuck everyone who doesn't like it as long as you're living in your truth. And I think Kenya Barris did do that. Yeah. Although we, I must say, though, it, it he did not warm up to being an actor until the middle of this series. And I, I mean, I love what he's done, but yeah, like it didn't feel natural for me until like episode four. Hey, look, besides Dave Chappelle maybe saying something about white people, he was one of the first black men to come out during quarantine, by the way, on a huge platform like Netflix and say, I don't like white people. Mm. So now all of a sudden we got a, we got a lot of backlash. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and he already said he said after you know after I, I finished this 
I don't plan on acting again. I just wanted to do that. That's his baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the one that he had for that. He said he created a show with, um, I cannot think of her name, Tyra Banks, right? They created the model show together, but that mm-hmm. was more so hers. You know, Blackish and Grownish, those are his, but he really wanted to do this project and he got it off. So it's like, and we're, but we're now we're critiquing just this though. Now, Blackish did get a lot of um, criticism, you know what I mean? Just off of the title alone as well. But this one is just, they're breaking down his wife, they're breaking down his acting, they're breaking down the content. They breaking down the title is like, come on, man, really? Yeah, yeah. And it be young people though. Yeah, and I and I commend him for for wanting to act it out like himself. And I know some people say that that's self serving that he created a show for him to star in. But you know, when you want to tell your story and it's and it's so personal to you in the way that you want it done, I can understand wanting to put yourself in hell. Spike Lee puts himself in every one of his movies, damn near. Like, like let let the man tell his story. And Netflix was obviously behind it. Um, and we just gotta like, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't like it being torn down for the representation of black people because we're so vast. Like, like to Baylor's point, everyone's black experience is different depending on a different, depending on a few factors: the color of your skin, how dark, dark a light you are, uh, the tax bracket you're in, the city you grew up in, and the people you grew up around. Everyone's experience can be completely different. So, um. Yeah, I mean, we got to embrace it, man. We got to embrace it, especially when we get more stuff like this. Yeah, agreed. But that's it. I got nothing left. Anyone got anything that they want us to talk about before we go for tonight? Well, not necessarily talk about, but one thing I did see today while we're talking about Black Girl Magic and (laughs) new music, I saw that Nicki Minaj and Doja Cat have, like, a single coming, and they were both teasing it on, like, like Twitter, so I'm kind of I'm looking out for that. I'm excited. That's a collab I can get behind. Yeah. It me with that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Well, I don't know with social distancing or whatever the yeah. fuck. But yeah, yeah. true. true. Yeah, um, that is true. One thing that we did get asked about uh, that I wanted to run by you guys, they said that they want to hear us talk about The Last Dance. Now, I don't know if everyone's watching it. Bail, I figure you are. You guys want to talk about The Last Dance next week? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll put that on the docket for next week. But, uh, yeah, if there's nothing left, go ahead and give them your social media and let's get up out of here. <laughs> I know. I see. Everyone's looking at me uncomfortably. I'm at Miss Mary Almonte, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Baylor. At Baylor the Great on all social media platforms. BTG for President, Open Run with BTG. Uh, oh, yeah, my PSN, Baylor the Great, the number one. I got every game that you niggas play and I ain't got nothing but quarantine time. So pull up. All right. I'm a, I'm gonna send you that request as soon as we're done with this. You gotta get I'll these you gotta get these hands, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm 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 quarantined as fuck. <laughs> now, that's a show that I don't think anyone could hate on. <laughs> there you go. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. TheBreaksRadio at gmail.com. We are the number one podcast for the culture, and we out.